0: Listening to Humanize Me, with Bart Campolo. Hey everybody, welcome back to the show. I'm glad you're here. I'm always glad you're here. And John, hello. You're here, and I'm al- I'm always glad you're here. I'm glad you're here too. And 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 your being here is is sort of like the bell that rings that says we're going to do q and A. Q&A. That's right. So. We, we should do that. But listen, before you get to the question, though, a mm-hmm. couple of things we should put out there, okay? First thing mm-hmm. is a few weeks ago on the Patreon page, we put up a special episode that was you and I talking through the first half of my reading list. Yes. And today we are putting up another special episode which is you and I talking about the second half of that reading list. I really liked that, by the way. I really
1: liked talking through the books and figuring out, like, why would you read this book? why did, What did you get out of it? And it made me realize how important those books were in formulating a lot of the ideas that you bring to this podcast. So I thought it was really good.
0: Yeah, no, I, I liked it too. And I got some neat comments from people, people writing in and saying, That was like their favorite thing. Yeah, me too. Um, I really liked it. And you know what? For those of you relationship junkies out there, um, like a good date, a good coffee date conversation is to just look across the table and say, hey, you know, or maybe even before the person comes out and goes like, hey, when we get together today, I want you to tell me about five books that have really been formative in your life. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'll bring, and I'll bring five of mine. Like, it's just a great way to get to know people. That sounds like one of those, uh,
1: New York times, 25 questions 36. that'll make you fall in love or 36 questions That's or whatever right. that was. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I, and i like, what's interesting is, is that I don't, I don't know about making you fall in love, but it w- it, it would certainly give you some insight into what ideas this person feels like. But the other thing is, it's also like an affirming thing because you know, what you were saying is is like, Hey. hearing about those books, let me know where some of those ideas come from. And I go like, Oh, you see me. Mm -hmm. You hear me. Like, you know, the, you know, the ideas I say all the time and you're going like, Oh yeah, you always talk about that. Now I see where that comes from. And it kind of makes me feel good. Yeah. So anyway, if you're a Patreon person, um, that's, that's going to be there. And by the way, there are a lot of Patreon people all of a sudden. like, I, the last I looked, the number was 82. It's a lot of people. 82 people supporting this podcast, um, which it is a lot of people, but it's also one of those numbers that's like dangerously close to a hundred like triple figures. Mm-hmm. And so that now, John, is my new goal. Okay. I like goals. Yeah. I mean, it, my, my new goal is to is to try to somehow gently nudge what? 18, 18 more people and 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 honestly, if you're out there, like I mean, yeah, we talk about the people oh twenty dollars a month or fifty dollars a month or a hundred dollars a month, there are a lot of people that are like a dollar a month or two dollars a month or five dollars a month, and they're I think they're sort of symbolically saying, like you know, we are with you, yes, and so yes eight you know like eighteen people at one dollar a month, it isn't going to enable us to bring Oprah onto the program. Um, but <laughs> but perhaps some people are like, that's good. Um, but what it, do- what it will do is it'll really increase the message that we're sending to the world that says, there's a whole bunch of us that like this conversation. Yeah, yeah. No, it's great. And, and, it, it. and, it, and yeah. it
1: literally does allow us to keep doing this. Because it wouldn't work otherwise.
0: Yeah. I I I did. I mean, I think we had that conversation. I don't know if it was on the air or not, or not on the air. But I was talking with Roman the other day about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was talking about like, I am so sick of hearing Sam Harris on his podcast say like, you know, do a 10 minute thing about how people need to give him money. And I go, like, I know, like, there's no way that guy needs any money to make that podcast. <laughs> like, he's a gajillionaire. But... When you support this podcast you actually are making this thing happen like because we just can't keep going without enough money to at least even set aside the time to, to 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 make and edit them right right and so here at you know 82 that's a lot of that's a lot of support that's great yeah hey and so the other thing is and and, and i i wanted to let you know this is that a lot of people have been writing to me and saying hey Great. But like, how's your Cincinnati community doing? And what's going on with that new house that you're working on? And Mm -hmm. how are your kids? Like, I have, there are a lot of people that would like a little bit more of the personal story because when they write, they tell me their personal story. And then they're like, well, what about you? And I'm like, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't have time to keep writing my personal story. So I'm recording a, this is what's going on in my life episode like it it won't be long it'd be like 10 or 15 minutes um where i talk about all that stuff and i'm putting that on the patreon page too so so anyway all of that enough here's here's what i do want to talk about i've been making movie and media recommendations lately that are kind of like in the spirit of humanize me like shows that are humanizing or movies that you know highlight some aspect of what it means to make the mo to be pursuing goodness or to be trying to make the most of your life so i have a really unlikely tv recommendation for you <laughs> okay okay because like you know people are always recommending these these like dark shows like you know oh i watched breaking bad or the you know or, or what was the last one ozark mm-hmm. and i watched ozark i met marty and i were watching it and half like after season one marty was like i can't watch this anymore <laughs> like it's interesting it's good it's well acted but like these are bad people and there's a lot of like people kill each other and like lie and cheat. And she's just like, it's too tense for me. We do like that, don't we? As like a
1: society, we like watching the dark side of life.
0: Yeah. What was that Kevin Spacey one or the politics one? Oh, House of Cards. Oh, that was dark, man. Yeah. Yeah, it is dark. That was dark. They're doing I, I one final... this whole season. Yeah, I remember watching this one episode where – somebody had kidnapped this girl and had her out in the desert in a van and he like liked her but he was going to kill her and she sort of knew it and i was just like oh man this 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 is not what i need to be doing well the the contrast
1: Uh. between a presidential uh show like like house of cards compared to like the west wing you know where the president was good
0: and he was trying he really cared and right yeah which is to my point, here's the show I want to recommend. And it is an unlikely, I would have net. it's a good recommendation because I bet you nobody who listens to this podcast has watched this show. Okay. There was this goofy screwball comedy that that was on TV. I, may, they, I don't know if they're still making new episodes. I just found it on Netflix um, or Hulu rather. I found it on Hulu. Um, but it's this show I had heard about called Brooklyn Nine-Nine stars Andy Samberg who used to be, I think, on Saturday Night Live. It has, I believe, seven key characters, and they're the only people that you really s- interact with very much. Uh-huh. Same seven characters. And they're all detectives in this one police station, and, and, and their captain and their um, civilian assistant. Okay, so it's just like this handful of people. It is a beautifully it i mean it's not realistic at all like you n- you you never get any sense that this thing could actually be happening it's not even trying for that but it is kind of this idealized version of what if all the cops in all those other cop shows like NYPD blue and you know um, <laughs> CSI what if they all had amazing senses of humor and they were all nice and really none of the crimes that they were solving were that heinous <laughs> <laughs> so, you know it's funny when say you is- say
1: that word when you say that word heinous it reminds me of uh a show that I used to watch with Melissa called um Law and Order SVU. Oh gosh. And and it was a special victims unit and they actually used the word heinous yeah. in the intro to the show every single week and so like we always used to laugh about it because, like, when it came on, we'd look at each other and be like, "Why are we watching?" This?
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, and and my, and my parents like they can't go to sleep without watching one of those. Like right. that's their that's their jam. And I'm like, oh, there's a darkness there that I don't even <laughs> yeah. want to explore. Uh,
1: but uh, uh. You know.
0: so so anyway, that's my recommendation. And here's the thing: it's a lot like you've eaten French fries with me, and you've mm-hmm. seen me like unscrew the pepper and pour copious amounts of pepper on the ketchup. And everybody's like, why are you doing that? And I'm always like, try it once. Because this youth pastor up in Vancouver did that to me. I saw him. I was like, I made fun of him. He's like, try it once. turns out that ketchup is very sweet. Pepper is not. They balance each other out. It's amazing. Okay. Wow. And and I've, I've converted so many people to eating their French fries that way. This is, and, see now this is what everyone's going to do now.
1: Is no, I don't think that the show that you just mentioned, you, the they show won't watch you just it. mentioned, they'll th- like 2% of
0: people will watch it. Everyone will now try this french fry, thing. A bunch of yeah, try I uh, like and and you think you've put enough ketchup. I mean, put a ton or, or you think you've put enough pepper on the ketchup, put a ton and then just try one bite. Pepper's <laughs> very inexpensive. This won't cost you a lot. <laughs> and 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 then you'll see. But I've converted so many people by by not by saying it's a great thing and just going like, "Listen, one bite" just try it once and then we won't talk about it Mm -hmm. my my daughter we were on vacation recently and i I convinced my kids to watch one episode of this brooklyn 99 thing they all if we turn it off they're all too cool for school they're like that's you know that's not edgy enough i need some edge and stuff like that right and then like i talked to my daughter three days later and she's like i've watched all of season one i'm halfway (laughs) through season two yeah okay
1: I'm highly amused right now with the hell pepper, the ketchup, the Brooklyn nine nine. I'm just liking try all the
0: Brookly Maybe get some French fries, sit down in front of Brooklyn nine nine and, and and do a I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna try it out thing. I'm so okay. tempted to do that. I love all it. All right. I we we I, I told you we, we try to get these episodes done in under thirty. We're at, we're at like ten minutes or fifteen minutes and we haven't even gotten to the question. So what's the question? Okay. Let's go.
1: Hi, humanize me, big fan of the show. Um, I really enjoyed
0: episode 326, where you guys talked about how being interested in other people is the first step to having good friendships. But my question is, who should I be focusing on?
1: Who should I invest in or try to get closer to when I'm building these friendships?
0: Looking forward to hearing what you have to say. Another
1: great question, I think. Yeah, and, uh, and one that is directly linked to the last one we did.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I actually think, it's funny, I looked back at the episode title that you put on the last, on that episode, and I, I forget what it was called, but I thought, we probably need to rename that sucker. Okay. Because Yeah, the, the episode was called, How Do I Cultivate Loving Relationships? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm worried on the one hand that, like, like, yeah, that episode was like one little sliver. I mean, this, this whole podcast on some level is an answer to the larger question. That's how true. do I cultivate loving relationships? Like, that's the most humanizing thing in the world. Um, but the other thing was loving relationships, I'm worried that somebody reads that title and they think it's about like, how do I find romance? Mm-hmm. Um, they shouldn't, but they might. So, I'm thinking, you know, if we, we put the word friendship in there, you know, cultivating friendships. And then, you know, maybe that first episode we could put like the first step or step one or something like that. But this question, it feels to me is like what the person's asking is not like, how do I, like, what do I do as much as like, who do I do it with? Like, who am I after here? I, I got to tell you, especially working with college students, because in college, in some ways, the groups of people are very, just like in high school, They're very delineated, like, oh, there's the lacrosse team. And over there, there's the science club. And, you know, those are all the English majors, you know? And and so, people get grouped really clearly. Mm -hmm. And so, it's in some ways, I I often have this conversation with a college student who says to me, you know, where do I, where do I begin to, you know, who should I focus? If I'm going to be other directed, if I'm going to try to use all these relationship skills, Who am I, who are we talking about? Am I just supposed to like the guy sitting next to me on the bus? I go like, Hey buddy, I think you and I could be great friends. You know, like, and the answer is, of course not. You know, there are people that are more and less likely to be, to become close to you. There are people that you have a better chance of getting closer to. And there are people that you have a lesser chance of getting closer to. And were you saying that in high
1: school... Uh, It's it's easier because, like in high school, you're 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 more like my kid is in band, so he's
0: friends with those people. Well, I mean, first of all, that sometimes being in band sort of draws a circle around the people that are probably that he has to choose from. Right, right. Like they're all in the room together, so you go like, yeah, okay. But the other thing is, is that if I if I'm having a conversation with Tyler. I could say like, okay, like now think about the jocks. And he's like, he can picture them. He knows who they are. Once you get out of school, the delineations are harder to spot. You know, right. you go to a cocktail party or you go to a, you go to a PTA meeting and, and the Republicans and the Democrats aren't necessarily like part of, like they don't, that you can't tell which ones they are. The smart people and the not so smart people, the, the people that are into sports and stuff like that. Whereas in high school, like people actually wear uniforms that let you know. I'm a band person. I'm into sports. I'm, you know, th- th- it's it's easier to tell. I, I I like the band Slayer. How do you know that? Well, because I'm wearing a shirt that says Slayer. Um, you know that that stuff that stuff makes it easier. And I think that as adults, we need to try to figure out like how can I make it easier to spot some people? Okay, that yeah, might be good friends. That's really good. That's really good and i think that one of the things that you do is and it's harder now than it used to be because people used to be people used to be in more associations they used to be in more clubs they used to do more outside of their house um and so you know that's the whole bowling alone thing that mm-hmm. you know as we've gotten television and internet people spend more time alone or at home but but there are still places where people congregate and so, if you're really a physical person, you go like, should I look for like one of those CrossFit places? Should I think about like, I, like I have a whole workout gym at home. I'm like, yeah, you might want to go to the Y anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and don't go to the Y and wear your headphones and lift weights. Go to the Y during the aerobics class or during the, you know. That's a cycling class or during the Zumba class, because there are places where people are more accessible, where people are congregating. Um, if you're an animal person, go to the dog park, um, that there's a sense in which shared interests are indeed really helpful when you're trying to get a relationship started. Yeah,
1: it and in some ways it seems like an obvious one, but it's not one that people necessarily do, because you do see people just kind of isolate themselves in ways
0: that they're not maybe conscious of. So I like it. Yeah, and and and, and you know the other thing is I want to say, aspirational interests will work too. So you say, I'm not a writer, but I kind of wish I was, or, or, or I or I I like I wi- I like writers. You know, I think I'd like writers. And mm-hmm. you go like, so you say, joining a writer's group? Well, I'm not really a writer. And I go like, yeah, go join the group anyway. Like, think about who you'd like to be. Because sometimes when you make relationships with people that are doing something that you'd like to do, the relationships help you get going on the thing. Mm-hmm. The, the other thing is, honestly, one of the surest ways to make yourself interesting to other people is to ask them questions about what they're into. So if I show up at the ping pong, at the table tennis club, which I did this once in Cincinnati, I I started attending a table tennis club. And at first I sat on the edge and I couldn't get anybody to talk to me. Then I started going up to like good players and saying, wow, you know, that was an amazing match. Like, how did you, you know, like, where did you learn to do that? Or, you know, how often do you practice? And all you know, and they said, Well, you're new here, are you? Yeah, I said, like, I don't even know what paddle to buy. And they're like, Oh, I'll show you what paddle to buy. And all of a sudden they got animated because I was I was a a newbie. They could share their passion with you. Yeah. So so the thing is is that don't just think about things you're good at, but think about things that you might like to learn because the learning process is one of the greatest ways to cultivate a new friendship. Gotcha. Um, so I think shared interests are a really good thing. But like, so, so now I'm going to tell you, like if you're in high school and you think like the lacrosse team or the cross country team, guess what? The cross country team is going to be easier. It's That's going to be an easier group of friends to get into, like, you go to any high school, the cross country team's like among the nicest kids there. Um, and so there are ways in which you want to actually think about, like, what's the character of this group or that group. So you know, you say, well, fraternities, those man, fraternities and sororities, people really make their friends there, and I go, like, yeah, do they? Or do they get into like a common activity stream where four years later, a lot of times people say, like, I don't re like. I hung out with all these people for years, but I don't really know them that well. Mm-hmm. And so what I would say is, is that you want to sort of look at the character of groups because the main thing, oh gosh, I didn't say this very well, but like the main principle here is, is when you're just getting started, think in terms of circles of friends rather than looking for individual prospects. That makes sense. Look for groups it, and not individuals, yeah, because especially if you're not a master of character assessment, like if you're not re, like if you some people like like I think John, you're very good at knowing you read people very quickly and you connect with people very easily. so I think you can actually look at somebody, an individual and say like, "I'd like to get to know that, that guy mm-hmm. and you can go over and sort of initiate, but for most people. That one-on-one thing is both more vulnerable and scary, but it's also like you might be picking the wrong person. Yeah, yeah. I know a lot of people who are very
1: intimidated by that.
0: Yeah. So instead of trying to figure out the right person, try to figure out the right circle because it's frankly easier to break into a circle of friends or like to become part of a club or to become part of a larger group. It's easier to get in there than it is to get in with one person. When when you try to connect with one person as a solo object, um, it, th- sometimes that can be scary because they don't know you very well. But they're trying to like, they're like, "What does this mean?" And what am I committing to? And and so sometimes people get a little nervous when you try to go one on one right away.
1: Yeah. Plus, if something is without context, in a way, like it's just two people without yep. any particular reason, that can be a little freak freaky to people like they don't necessarily yeah. love that love that feeling but if they if they can easily identify the context oh it's because we're part of this thing yeah there's a story there that makes That's sense context for them. is great
0: yeah and there's other people around to bounce off of so like jojo across the way makes a, a joke and you can say to the person next to you like that guy, he always has something going. And they go like, yeah, you know, like he did this. And like, you're off to the races. You can triangulate on what's going on in the room or what's yes. happening there. Yeah. Whereas otherwise, it's the two of you like, hey, let's go for a long walk together. And man, you are out there on your own. Mm-hmm. So so I think that the shared interest thing is really important. But like, what's interesting is, is let's just say you, you, start, tr- you start, you're around a group of people. Like your son's at, in the band group or somebody's in the break room at work and there 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 is a circle of people there and you go who might be the person there that I would want to cultivate a one-on-one relationship with or get to know better and 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 here's the, the, the a thing that I I I often think is really important is is if you're a very quiet person it might seem natural to look for another quiet person mm-hmm. and i'm going to say like Look the other way. Look towards somebody who's a little bit more outgoing. Because a lot of times, and you say, well, what if you're the outgoing person? I go, oh, then you might, like, like you talk a lot and everything. Look for somebody who's a little quieter. Look for somebody where you might have some complementary characteristics instead of looking for somebody who's just like you. That makes sense to me. We end up com- like if if I'm funny and you're funny, we might end up competing to see who's the funny one in this relationship. Mm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, but if you're really funny and gregarious and I'm somebody who's very thoughtful, like we might work well together. Like you'll help us meet people. You'll get us into the party and I'll write down the phone numbers of the people on our way out so that we actually can follow up. Yeah. So I think. And and this maybe requires one of the most important principles of figuring out who you want to try to invest some energy into. And that is you're going to have to do a kind of self-assessment. Uh-oh. Because one of the other big relationship mistakes that people make is is that they either aim way too high um, in terms of social cachet or, um, I guess you've got like market value in 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 the world, you know. Like there are people that are like, she's beautiful and bright and wealthy and you know funny and you know drives a nice car and has a good job and like, you go like, does that person then carry more social cachet at her workplace than somebody who's you know? harried and you know their their marriage is falling apart and they're overweight and all those things and you go like yeah in many cases that's exactly what's going on is that there's does does this sound horrible like when i talk about like market value but like no i know exactly
1: what you mean uh it it, but it it does i mean it's it's a harsh reality it's almost like is this is this like the the tough love uh portion of this of this answer where you're like you've got to do a little self reflection too on on
0: what what you bring to to one of these situations or what you don't right and there are relationships that cross those boundaries but they usually are created in some kind of extraordinary context so what happens is like the the amazing rock and roll star ends up being really close friends with like their hairstylist who's a really average everyday person mm, mm-hmm you know and you go like yeah yeah but there's a context in which you know they they were complementary. the one person needed they needed to be grounded and the other person is like they needed to be like pulled into a little bit more excitement or a little bit more energy and like people can people can form really close relationships that are very very different in terms of worldly status mm-hmm. but in general um there's a reason why you see all the you know, most popular kids in school hanging out with all the other most popular kids in school. It's like that Black Mirror episode where people have their, like, their number that rises <laughs> and falls, their social status number. Yeah. And people are like, yeah, I can't associate with you because you'll pull my number down. Yeah. And that's unconsciously a, real thing. a lot of the time. That's a real thing. Yeah. And so you can waste a lot of time trying to go after somebody too high. What's frankly, you can also waste a lot of time trying to go after somebody who's, who's, in a much more difficult circumstance than you are. And you go like, but that's nice, and that's like I like, go, I know. But like the tendency is when you do that, that other person may be intimidated by the stuff you have, and they're gonna be less likely to be real with you because they don't feel like they belong in the same space with you.
1: Well, what you're talking about is creating suitable friendships, like having people that uh are are the best friends for you. And so that yeah. does I get what you're saying. That does imply having a little bit of uh an eye for who are you in the world? Where do you belong and what are who are your people?
0: Yeah, the thing is I like I want to talk about the experience that I just had where I applied for that job and I got turned down, you know, for for some reason or or I want to I want to I want to talk to you about like how hard it is to get a date on this campus. Like, Mm -hmm. you do that with a homecoming queen. Like, she can't relate to that. And so, you're like, it's like, I I want friends who are sort of, in some ways, facing some of the same life obstacles that I am. I mean, it's one reason why billionaires, you know who billionaires are friends with? Other billionaires? Yeah. And you talk to them, they say like, yeah, because like, if I get with other people, like, they can't relate to my problems. They think I have no problems. And every problem that they bring to me that has to do with money, they're sort of like, are are you going to, you know, can you help me here? And they're like, it's just almost impossible to be friends with somebody who isn't at the same space. Uh, There's a great scene in Catcher in the Rye where Holden Caulfield explains how He has he rooms with this guy who's a scholarship student and the guy always wants to hide his suitcases and 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 take Holden's suitcases and place them under his bed as if they're his own because he's trying to like look like he's a little bit more high status. And Holden just ends up going like, It's really hard to be friends with somebody if your suitcases are way better than theirs. Hmm. And that's sure shorthand for this whole concept I'm talking about.
1: Now, are Um, you saying that like, if someone wants to be, if some, because everybody's attracted to the person who is the highest status person. Uh, And so you will have a natural sort of, um, that you will find them appealing most likely on some level. Are you saying that it's a waste of your, energy like it's an energy thing you shouldn't be putting energy in in a place that's not going to benefit or are you saying this could be soul crushing or or heartbreaking if it doesn't work out or okay
0: both i mean like i you know i just think that on some level you know the idea of like you know the 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 self-help talks is like you're the like you're as good as anybody like you you can be friends with anybody you want to like i'm not saying that i'm saying like there's a range of people that are going to be available to you hmm and you know if, and, and i've seen people and who are going to be more rewarding ser- as friends yes. yeah and the other thing is like the person who's the high status thing like their dance card may be full and so it may not be that they're rejecting you because they don't like you they may reject be rejecting you because like they have enough social interaction already and so you know like you actually want to also kind of be aware of who might be new in this group? Because new people oftentimes are more open, right? Right. So somebody, that's a good, like really somebody, good point. Somebody's just showing up. Who may have just like their friends all graduated, right? Like you know, or or, or, or their best friend just moved out of state. That's a good time to move in. I like I, and and sort of offer yourself and say like, hey, you know, I'm guessing you're probably missing. Would would you want to come over for dinner? Mm-hmm. You know, I know, I, you know, and you think like, are you seriously? It just sounds so calculated. And I'm, 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 I'm saying, relationships are. They, they are a f- finite resource. People only have so much time. They only have so much energy. And so, yeah, you want to think about where other people's time and energy is going.
1: That's so interesting. Well, yeah. and, it, and what it what had occurred to me when you were saying the response to like oh it's so calculated i mean what's interesting about that to me is it's almost just a process of of making conscious and making proactive the things that are probably happening under the surface anyway and just being aware of them
0: just being aware of them and
1: and and maybe leaning into them a little bit more and saying okay this is what i'm definitely gonna do
0: yes and sometimes even calling them out so for instance you know I I, I had a friend, I have a friend here in Cincinnati whose best friend just moved away. Okay. Uh Like this is his, his actual best friend. And so I took him out to lunch and and he and I are like reasonable friends. We're not great friends, but I like him a lot. I'm attracted to him as a friend. Uh And, uh, he's part of our little Cincinnati humanist fellowship thing. And, uh, so, I took him out to lunch and I said, How's that going? He just moved to Florida. How's that going? He's like, I am lonely. Yeah. I said, You know what? You and I, like, we have a lot of stuff going. I said, What would you say about us spending a little more time together and seeing if, like, maybe he's like, That would be great. He said, Cause I, I have a tendency to isolate myself when I'm just, when I'm sad. And he said, Like, I, I know I shouldn't isolate myself. I'm like, All right, I'm gonna make a little extra effort here. And, like, that's just like, me explicitly calling out like, Hey, your dance card just opened up a little bit. Yeah. Interested.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think people have a real fear in this society too, of being that explicit about stuff, especially it feels like maybe this is wrong, but I feel like, especially my generation and younger, it's kind of like we, we're, it's, we're too cool for that or we can't, we shouldn't make that stuff explicit.
0: Yeah. And, and, you're and you're stupid
1: yeah
0: for doing that like you know you you know that that's that's like that's not helpful like Mm -mm. explicit is good yeah one of my best friends here in cincinnati um when when we first moved here we had been friends a long time before that and they would travel to visit us and we'd travel to visit them and they're a couple that i really like oh and sandy if you really want to know their names um And when we moved here, they helped us move into our house. And six weeks later, we realized that we hadn't seen them. And like, these are people that I, I, like, if I was in Philly, I would have called more often than that. But like, all of a sudden we were close. And so we thought it would just come naturally to spend time together. And it wasn't. And uh, we we called and got together and we said, you know what? This isn't going to come naturally. Why don't we set aside the first Tuesday of every month and let's have dinner together once a month on Tuesdays. And they were like, that sounds great. And we did. And then that ends up rolling into more time. You do different, you know, you're sitting at dinner and you say like, I'm going to this ball game this weekend. Oh, I'll come along. And we ended up spending a lot of time together and, and our friendship blossomed, right? But it was all about being explicit and saying, we want to be close to you. Oh, yes, we want to be close to you too. Mm-hmm. How shall we accomplish that? You know, and you go like, but you're you, you're not allowed to say out there like I want to get closer to you or I, gosh, I, I feel like there's a foundation of a friendship here. Would you wanna Would you wanna spend some time together? I just did that yesterday. I sent a text to my friend Ryan Meeks, who's been on the show, because mm-hmm. he's doing this church thing out there, and I think it's really important. And we had had a conversation about it. And I'm doing this fellowship thing here, and I don't, you know, there's not a lot of people trying to do exactly the kind of thing I'm trying to do. And I thought. I thought about our conversation. I thought, you know, I wish I talked to him more often. So I just sent him a text saying, would you want to talk like on a regular basis, like set up a a regular call? And he was like, that sounds great. Yeah, yeah. But like I could easily, I could easily not do that. If I don't make it explicit, we're not going to be talking.
1: Well, by making it explicit, I think the fear might be that you will be rejected. And so that's what you were saying about having appropriate
0: sort of uh, candidates. In mind right yeah. right because sometimes people reach out and like on some level you want to believe like i have something to offer this person even if it's just my loyalty or it's my presence like that's something to offer mm-hmm. like you know but sometimes you have to sort of figure out like who you're talking to because you know sometimes you might feel rejected by somebody and they're not actually rejecting you they don't even know you yet they're rejecting yeah. your age Like, they're not looking for a young friend or an old friend. They're rejecting your social status. They're rejecting your distance from their house. Like, people sometimes don't want to be, you know, there are people that offer friendship to me, and I go, like, yeah, you live too far away. It's just going to be too much work. And I I have a really limited amount of energy right now, and so, yeah, no. Yeah. And then, then like, the guy who lives next door to me, I'm working really hard to become friends with him, my new next-door neighbor at the house we're moving into. Because, man, if I can be friends with him, he's right there. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the other thing is when you're looking at the other person, a lot of times when we're in a social circle, we're looking for the person who's most popular or funniest or, or cool, most high status. Look for the nicest person in the circle. Kindness over cool. Like that is the most important characteristic you're looking for. in the other person is, are they kind? And like you say, how do I know that? Like, look at their other relationships. Do they seem to have close friends? You say, yeah, that's, I'm looking for this other person because they don't have any friends. So I think I'll be a much better candidate. Wrong. It's it's sort of like, if you want to get something done, find a busy person. Mm -hmm. If you want to find a good friend, look for people that already have some friends. It's much easier for a person who's good at friendship to incorporate you in than it is for somebody who doesn't have any relationships going. Chances are that person may not know very much about how to have relationships. And you're saying like, well, that's my problem. I don't know very much. And I go like, yeah. So you don't want to be in a blind leading the blind relationship. You want to try to cultivate a relationship with somebody who already has some connections because they know how to do it and they can show you. Yeah. That's been true in my life. The
1: people that I'm closest to, I think, already had, you know, the ability to to have good friends themselves.
0: Yeah, and 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 thing is like, like like somebody like you, John. You have lots of friends. Okay, you're, you're have, really good at this. I have good friends. You have good friends. Okay. Now here's the thing. I I bet you if I asked you to list your top fifteen relationships, there would be a couple of people on that list that they themselves are not awesome at friendships and they don't have a lot of dance cards. Like you're one of their only friends, but like they're not, the, they might be fun. They might be have really interesting stuff to offer and you might be so grateful to be friends with them, but like you're the one that forged the connection. They kind of didn't know how. Yes, there are definitely people like that. I've got I've got a bunch of people like that that I have the privilege of being friends with people who are, are wonderful and have neat lots to offer, like kindness or, or, or specialized knowledge or just an interesting perspective or angle on life, but they're not the world's best connectors. And if I put them in a room of other people that weren't the world's best connectors, none of them would be friends with each other, but because I'm a good connector, I get access to them. Mm. Uh-huh. And because I and because I'm a good connector, they get access to friendship. And sometimes to my other friends as well. They become part of my circle. So if you're not a good connector, you want to look for people that are good connectors and that are kind good connectors that aren't attracting people to themselves all the time, like the cool kids do, like people are drawn to them and 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 just like magnetically pull in, but people that are that, that are good connectors. Like they, they're not amazingly status and yet they do have strong connections. So that means they know something. They know how to be in a relationship and that's a much better prospect for you. So like when you're in a, like when your son's in, in the band room, he should be looking around and going like, who's the nicest kid in this room? Who's everybody say, oh yeah, everybody likes him. Or, or, or who's, who does he see having a wide array of friends and, and sort of getting along with people and go like, that's the, that's the person. Not necessarily the most popular kid, but a kid who's nice and who has a reputation for being nice. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So, so all of the, you know, this is not an exhaustive list. I did like, this is not like you asked me a question. We're, we're just, we're off the top of our heads here, but the big principle Is that you need to step back and say, I want to have some closer relationships and actually ask yourselves, who would I like to be closer to? Sometimes the people you want to be closer to, you're already friends with, and maybe the best move isn't to go look for more friends, but it's to look for some of the relationships you already have and go like, oh, wait, could I deepen that one? Uh Could this be more than it is? Like sometimes the people are right in front of you. But the point is, you got to step back and go like, A, identify yourself. I am a person who would like to have some close relationships. And then B, like, where do I need to step into some new circles? Are there people in the circle that I'm already in? And then start to ask yourself, like, who are the likely prospects within those circles? And recognize that some of it has to do with, like, who am I? And what do I bring to it? And looking for people that have complementary needs, um, you know, somebody that maybe you could offer something to. Like sometimes, if you're really smart, um, there are people that are not, like, like book smart. Um, there are people that aren't as bright, but they're really nice and they're really they're really good. And you go like when you get in a relationship like that, sometimes like your intellect can become like a shared resource of the team and they're like oh yeah i always you know i i have friends who are like i always call bart when i need a movie or a book recommendation because like he's into that
1: mm-hmm.
0: i'm talking too much aren't i it's good though you know i feel like
1: what we're doing in this episode is where people are in their head about this stuff all the time i mean it's the stuff that runs around in their in their brain uh but they never talk about it because they don't want to sound stupid yeah, because friendship is almost seen as one of those things that should just be default easy or default should just kind of happen, and to have all of this sort of explicit intention behind it, I kind of really dig just listening to you talk about that. So, yeah, I think
0: it's I think this is good stuff. Oh, I got one more thing. Got one more mm-hmm. thing that you, you just sparked. Okay, okay. When you said people don't talk about it. You know, one of the best things you can do to try to figure out who you want to be friends with is like, like when I was the chaplain at USC, I remember talking to this one girl and she was talking about how lonely she was and stuff like that. And I was like, okay, like I know this other person and I think you guys would be amazing together. Like, would you go to coffee with this friend of mine if I introduced you? And she was like, yeah. And I did. And they did become friends. That's so cool. It was like a setup and you go like, maybe you're on a team. Talk to the coach. If the coach is, you know, maybe you're in a class, talk to the teacher, Um, talk to somebody who's looking at the whole group because they may be having another conversation with another person that you don't know about and that person is looking for the same kind of thing. And so, you know, talk to, if you have one friend, say to them like, you know, I kind of want to, I want to broaden, like, who do you think I should try to befriend? Like, who might be a good person for me? Talk to your parents sometimes like the thing is right in front of you and you're not seeing it and so the idea of talking about the fact of of saying out loud i'd like to have more relationships or i'd like to get closer to some people um just saying those words i sort of orients you differently towards the world and it orients other people differently towards you and so sometimes when people have told me that they are lonely i have said to them oh my gosh I know somebody, I I don't know why I didn't think of this before, but like, I know somebody like, I'm going to have them invite you over to dinner. Will you go? And they go like, yeah, I'll go. Like it's a blind date. And, and often that is a really valuable way of connecting. Mm. All right. It's great. I feel like I've, I've exhausted, if not you, I've, I've exhausted this subject. You've
1: exhausted yourself no i i think it's really good and we should probably do a whole other episode on self-awareness self-assessment uh self-esteem oh
0: geez yeah i we'll have to get somebody we'll have to we'll have to do an interview and get somebody who actually is yeah we we should we should because it's a it's an important thing it really is Yeah. yeah yeah all right this this show is way too long already but i i enjoyed talking with you about this stuff i did too all right we're out of here for more on BART, go to bartcampolo.org. To leave a question in your own
1: voice to be used in future shows, call the Humanize Me Q line at 424-291-2092. That's 424-291-2092. Humanize Me is a production of Jux Media. Hey, you could be larger than life.